Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living with me, your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest all the way from um, Denmark, Copenhagen, um, Barrett Clemensen Powell. And she is... Oh, taking a wonderful journey of her own. Not only is she American that lives over there uh, and has a wonderful adventure of her own, but she has decided to write these beautiful children books about a little girl who is going to go around the world. Her first book, she travels to Paris with her parents, um, and it's all about her adventures. Now, you say, what's different about this? Well, the difference is this, that the little girl is an African-American child. And this is rare to see an African-American child featured in a book in a children's storybook they might be kind of in there somewhere but not as the feature not as the star of the show and we want to bring attention to the fact that there is a rainbow of colors out there folks and everybody has a voice and everybody has a perspective and everybody has a view on life and we need to be right from the word go allowing children to know that they're not different they just maybe see things differently. They may have a different color. They may have a different traditions at home. Maybe follow a different faith. But everybody's got the same hearts, dreams, and desires. And we need to kind of embrace all of us in every way. So the, the story we tell ourselves is about everything uh, in reality we manifest in our lives. The effect of the story can be seen in our lives and the reality we create for ourselves. With Laurie Leak, I am able to tell a story from the heart about a father-daughter bond, a family, and exploring the world, says Barat. So let's find out where is Laurie uh, Leak going to go? She's starting off in Paris. What are her adventures going to be? How adventurous th has this been for, for Barrette to write this book on this wonderful journey of this little girl? What does she draw it from? Is it just imagination or is it her own travels? Welcome to the show, love. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing fine. And of course, you, you are traveling at the present moment and we've had some challenges being able to get you on the air today. And this is dedication to your art, folks, because she's sitting in a loo <laughs> in Denmark. Yes. Because it's the only place she could get reception and peace and quiet. And so, you know, bravado for you for, <laughs> for putting your art I first. I do anything to achieve my goals. Exactly. There <laughs> and the same with Lori Leak. Nothing stops her. And I wonder, is that apple falling too far from the tree? So Lori Lee is kind of a, a little... Uh, you, your inner child, right? Yeah, well, it's more than my inner child. She is me. Um, when I was born, my given name was Lori, L-O-R-I, uh, Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T. -T. And of course, now I am just called Barrett. And the only people who call me Lori are people in my family, the only people I allow to call me Lori. And... Um, so that's where I got that part from. And Leek, L-E-A-K, that was my, actually my father's surname when he was born. He was adopted, however, and so it became his middle name. And I did not become aware until I was probably in my 20s that my father's given name at birth was, was actually Leek. So had he not been uh, adopted out of his uh, biological family, I would have been Lori Leek. 
Ah. And so Lorisk is really me. Exactly. And that inner child that loves to travel. Now you, you yourself absolutely love to travel and you know the, the benefits and the beauty and the exploration of traveling and how much it does, you know, not only just for the education and the awareness of how other cultures live, but you know, how it feeds, feels, feeds the soul and the spirit and just opens the mind up so much. Yes, well, I have been traveling overseas for some time, probably since, um, I would say, the late 1980s. And that what started your travels? And, um, well, I started out doing humanitarian overseas work um, that was actually related to my spiritual faith. So I started going overseas to, uh, I went to Dominica in the Caribbean. I was in uh, Central and South America in Costa Rica and Guatemala. And I was helping to build schools. I was teaching English, teaching music, uh, driving a van, literally doing construction, making a sidewalk uh, with gorillas, not gorillas, animals, gorillas with machine guns, you know, pointed in our direction doing this work. Um, for people who asked us to come and bring academic supplies and to help them to build these buildings and bringing them clothes and food and medicine and, and teaching them first aid, those kinds of things. So that really helped to begin opening my eyes. And then I decided to take a trip um, to in the 90s to uh, Europe just myself. And I went on a summer tour of Europe and I said, oh, this is it. <laughs> and then it wasn't too long after that that I actually moved to Europe. And then that's where you are now. And uh, and of course, you know, I think I don't think people can actually who haven't left North America actually want, uh, you know, understand the world uh, on the other side of the pond, so to speak, and and the wonderful diversity in cultures that go back thousands of years in each country. Um, you know, it's the food, it's the culture, it's the people, it's the way of life. Um, everything about it just makes it like a, a wonderful feast, doesn't it? It does. And the thing is, every place is different, not necessarily better or worse, unless you're talking about some extreme war-torn, you know, situation. Uh, although traveling outside of the U.S. isn't something necessarily that a lot of Americans necessarily we even think of doing i know that even in my family the thought is well you go overseas if you're fighting in a war why would you go to live there otherwise mm -hmm. so they were my family has been accustomed to people traveling overseas if they were attached to the military not picking up and traveling and saying i'm going to go live there i'm going to go study there you know and then i didn't come here for a man uh very typically especially yeah. in denmark Women come because they have a Danish boyfriend or a Danish husband. I didn't come for a husband or a boyfriend. I came to get an extra degree to help me with my professional career. And what is your professional career? I've been working as a, an entrepreneurial uh, lifestyle expert, I guess you could call it, before it was even called that. Um, since 1998 and basically using all my degrees and uh, all my uh, experience and my knowledge and know-how to help people to live a better life 
uh, it's particularly focusing on people in age uh, tr- group transitions, turning 30, 40, 50, and 60, and also working with people on their work-life blend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, you know, especially that age group, uh, you know, so many more people are kind of branching out and becoming their own entrepreneurs or, you know, kind of leaving the big establishments and, and going out and joining smaller companies or smaller groups. So it's, it's certainly something that you were ahead of the game um, with that. Um, I was ahead of the yeah. game, and it came, but it didn't come out of any, okay, well, I'm going to jump out and be an entrepreneur. I had already gotten my education. I already had work experience, and I wasn't looking at it as, okay, here I am, I'm 21, and I need to have a multi-million dollar income. I was, of course, older than 21, and I got fired from my job on a Friday as I was walking out of work. And I went home and I said, I won't let anyone do this to me again. Why should I let someone else control whether or not I can pay my bills and, and have food to eat, etc.? Mm-hmm. So I said, what degrees do I have? What's my education? What skills do I have? And what material resources do I have? I counted all my degrees. I looked at what I love to do and what I could do. And then I said, I've got a telephone and I've got the internet and a computer. And from there I went. Exactly. And, and today, really, that's all you need, even more so, isn't it? Um, you know, in 98, is still a little bit of the dial-up. Uh, yeah, and so things were a bit yes. slow. I mean, yes. now everything it, is... It was. You had to have a second phone line. Yes. Yes. And of course, now, as long as we're not in retrograde, um, you know, computers are just... And everything is just so fast nowadays. And everything reach around the world you have a clientele around the world you know we've really made the world so much smaller um so the ability to actually be your own boss today i think is you know exponential and, and so much more inviting and you know like you got degrees you know for a lot of people i know that um they worked in corporate for many years got their training you know built their skills up you know developed everything and then decided it's still very much a boys club. Um, I'm not going to ever get any higher. You know, I work so hard, so why not put that same amount of energy into something I love doing, doing it for myself, and taking those skills with me. And this is something we are seeing, um, well, over 55% of the entrepreneurial business uh, in the world is, is women. And we're just seeing this yes. grow and grow and grow. Yes, woman power in terms of entrepreneurship is really strong. Although women don't get as much uh, VC, you know, women don't get as much support from financial support from the entrepreneurial community and don't get as much support as men because a lot of uh, entrepreneurship is uh, looked at as tech stuff and uh, there are not a lot of women in tech. Women tend to be more in the social arena in terms of entrepreneurship. Um, however, yes, there are you know many people who are saying yes that they need to do this. I I also see a lot of younger people saying that they want to be an entrepreneur. You know, they're eighteen, they're twenty one, they're twenty five, they're twenty seven, and some don't have an education or they want to jump right out of their education right into entrepreneurship, and they think they have it all. And I wish them well, but. Um, it really would be better, I think, if younger would learn from older. Doesn't mean you can't do yes. because I'm not a can I'm not a person who says, Oh, you can't do this because of your age. But it's get some experience. Yes. Partner with people. You've gotta you've gotta learn partnership. And I think that that's also something that comes with age. 
and you know we have done a lot of shows on kind of uh, the elders um and the seniors and stop writing writing people off because they're older than you and we're also in a in the younger generation this instant gratification you know my attention span is seven seconds well i haven't got time for you i see you know my hello is seven seconds um and i think uh, they're realizing that the depth uh of knowledge um of wisdom of of just knowing how to pace themselves of of being able to see things from a different perspective is in your elders and if you bring elders into your company you are really going to be able to address the whole situation rather than just seeing things from one point of view and missing out on everything else so and anybody wants to be an yes. entrepreneur and they mix it up like i'm i'm generation x i'm oh they, but i actually call generation x which is a group that i work with i call it the healing generation because just like the silent generation that went through the depression we the great depression we went through the great recession we mm -hmm. had for example when student loans were being given out in the us during the time that around the time that i was in school it was the highest student rate a student loan rate that had there ever has been, it's never since been as high. Uh, students paid uh, around around the age of them, they paid 9% interest. That was incredible. They got out of college and were expected to pay $300 a month payments. Yeah. That, that wasn't reasonable. That was truly not reasonable. And now that's not so, but I really think that the millennials could learn from Generation X about how to suck it up <laughs> and get the work done because we came after the baby boomers who took all the toys, okay? They, they took all the toys, they took all the stuff, they ravaged the field, and we just, we didn't sit and complain. We just got to work. We raised our kids and we worked, Okay, we raised our families and we worked. We got out there. We did entrepreneurship. We didn't think of it as entrepreneurship. It was, hey, I got to work. Yes. <laughs> and that's just it. I mean, there was no special thing about it. Um, so you get out there and you do this. But I've always been a person to just, no one can tell me, oh, you can't do this or you can't have that. I, I can get out there and I can do it. And that's the same, the book, this character, the book I've written, Lori Leak. Lori Leak travels to Paris. This little girl, I mean, the opportunity arises for her to go to Paris with her family. She was already dreaming. If you want to say law of attraction, she was already making it happen. Because when I was young, Sarah, this came out of, I had a picture book I used to look at with my father with different places in the world. And Lori Leak has the same and I used to plan these trips with my father. We were going to go around the world. And then unfortunately, we didn't go because my father died of, um, it was ultimately was leukemia. Um, he got pneumonia and he simply couldn't fight it and he didn't get the, um, he couldn't get the, the blood marrow transplant that, uh, that he needed. And he just had been through so much trying to fight it that he didn't make it. And we didn't go on those trips, but now I'm able to go on those trips with my father. There's a terrible sense of abandonment that you get when your father dies so young, especially if you're a girl. Yes. And I could see how it affected me uh, throughout my life. And this book is actually a very healing thing for me to have to be writing this book. This is the first in a series. There will be many books. I've got at least 36 of them already planned. And uh, 
I'll be traveling around the world as Lori Leak. And Lori Leak and her father and her mother and also her brother are going to see many things. And my brother is also in the book. I lost my brother in 2014. He died of cancer. And uh, so I am able to put my father and my brother in the book and to make these trips with them that just uh, are full of adventure and surprise. And keeping them alive and, and keeping their energy. And, of course, they are traveling with you, you know, through the books and through everything that you do because the body may pass over, but the spirit is still there. And, of course, yes. you know, they're, they're traveling and they're, they're taking this ride with you um, and helping you along the way, which is something I think people will know. Well, my brother was very proud of me mm. being in Copenhagen. He was constantly telling people, yeah, my little sis is in Copenhagen. She's in Denmark. So, yeah, I mean, I know he's smiling. I know my father's smiling. And they're it's, it's, looking forward to where are we going next? So, you, you know, know yes. Well, I can tell you that, um, yes, the, I'll tell you a little bit more about Lori Lee Travels to Paris, but I will give you a little sneak preview that, yes, she is actually going to travel to Copenhagen. And, you know, I mean, I, I really want to go to Denmark myself. I mean, I'm going to be in Europe again next year and I'm going to give myself a few months over there. And I've got, you know, people in Denmark and in Switzerland and all of these wonderful people I've interviewed. And I'm, it is, for me, it's kind of a going home to the UK and going back to Europe. And I think for people who haven't traveled, I just don't really think they actually understand the experience and how it translates to everything you do in life and, and how you see life. You know, people think, oh, it's just travel. You know, I, I don't like the food or I've got to stay in a hotel and the planes and thing. It's, you have to look upon what Or they think you're just doing a vacation. You're yeah. just doing a vacation, but it's really, it's, it's a, it is a life. Yeah. My heart, my spirit is, my heart and my spirit is in the foreign, is in foreign, is in foreign cultures. And I really believe that I am living, I'm living my purpose, I'm living my destiny. There's something called uh, Sabian symbols. I don't know if you know what they are, but they're very ancient symbols based in uh, Mesopotamia. And they are fixed to dates. Um, and the date that I was born, August 26th, the Sabian symbol for that is one that said, that translates to black and white children playing happily together. And I just smiled when I first saw that because I have always said as an adult that my mission in life is to build bridges between people and across cultures. Black, white, you name it. The meaning of that symbol yes. is, is ch different children of all different backgrounds happily playing together, enjoying one another. And that's exactly what I want to do is bridge the cultural divides. It's actually rather kind of quite sickening that there's still cultural divides in this day and age. Um, you know, why are we talking about, you know, black, white, pink, yellow? Why are we talking about that? Why are we not talking to the soul and the heart of the person, the character of the person? Um, what the person contributes uh, to society, who that person is and how they inspire. You know, we've got to get beyond what I see and how yes, the people because make we us feel. Mm. Because we have fear. 
because we fear all of the, all of the things that we see the shutting of uh, borders to keep people out using barbed wire and fences and and police to keep people out um, to push people away economic restrictions etc it's it's all based in fear it's that it's that theology of scarcity. There isn't enough to go around, so I've got to make sure that I have all of it, or I don't know if I'll have enough, so I can't give you any. And, of course, you know, you have the 10% in the world that are, you know, the richest in the world at the expense of the 90%. And uh, and I think what we're seeing now, we're through this entrepreneurialism uh, and people branching out and realizing there's another world out there, um, is that the only reason these people have power is because they took it. They're not going to share it, but yes. you but you well, gave it to them. You gave it to them. So take your own power. Sarah, I worry about this one percent having ninety nine percent. You know how they're getting it? They're getting it because they believe they deserve it. So yes. why can't you believe you deserve it yes. and then get it? Yes, and, and it's that's what, the you thing. Know, and it's never it's never the judgment on what money you've got. It's what you do with it. Do you enable? Do you inspire? Do you help others get there too? Um, you know, I would say be as rich as you possibly can be, but make sure that you turn around and enable somebody else to have the same journey. And that's where we really see um, the wealth of a person come through, isn't it? It's not the bank account. It's their actions. What I think is that giving back is important. Uh-huh. I think it's very important to give back. Um, it's just it's my personal thing about the giving back. It's my personal thing about um, that we have a responsibility to one another and that we're all connected. But, I mean, not everyone feels that way. And and you have to let people, you also have to trust that people are doing a lot of times what they need to do for themselves. They're taking care of themselves. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. But when someone doesn't, for example, someone doesn't have time to do something with you, well, it may be because they need to take care of something that keeps them in well-being. And you have to trust that you're going to be able to continue on your path, even if it seems to veer to the right or left when you want it to go straight. And you have to actually be able to trust that things are going to work out fine in the end. Mm -hmm. Just take the journey, right? And... uh... And, and, you know, sometimes it's a narrow road, as you know, if you go along the countryside roads in, in Europe and any of those countries, so it's some of the most beautiful landscape you'll ever see. And then there's other times that we need to travel a highway and it can be a little boring, but it's getting you somewhere. It's getting you to that next beautiful place. And that's a real metaphor for life as well is pay attention yes. to, to your journey. Don't just have your headphones on and be tweeting you know open your eyes up pay attention all the answers you seek in life all around you you've just got to be you know interactive and participant of it pay attention well i try to pay attention to as as much as possible but i will tell you also i'm i'm an introvert so well even though i can be extroverted when it's necessary i'm an introvert and that's probably why i am a writer (laughs) (laughs) um so I, I'm an introvert, so most of what I feel and how I think and when I want to affect something, I am able to use words. I am able to put it in writing. If I don't speak it, I'm able to put it in writing. So, for example, with, with Lori Leak, I really want to do some certain things with this. For me, this is not just a personal thing of, of going on these journeys psychologically, uh, spiritually, with my father this is about 
a girl of color who will become a young woman of color, who will become a woman of color, who gets out there and sees the world. Very few African-American women actually travel outside of the United States. Uh, very, very few. In fact, such that, I mean, Europeans will actually comment they haven't seen many African-American women uh, in Europe. And so we tend to be considered, I mean, it's almost from the exotic to um, when, when people meet us. But, and I want that to change. I want this book to be something where little African-American girls, but just girls in general and boys too, read this. And because when they read it, they say, oh, well, this, they, in their mind, it becomes normal yes. that a little girl who with brown skin travels to Paris, to Barcelona, to Stockholm, wherever, and travels there and experiences all these things that are uh, normal for many, many, many Anglo children. And, you know, this isn't, of course, just for the African-American kid. This is for the Anglo children, you know, who probably aren't even aware that this is, you know, the, the case. Um, again, yes. it's, it's a story say, that relates oh, I, to any I want, child. I want every child to yes. buy the book. I want every parent to want to give this to their kids, regardless of color. And so just, I wanted the story to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened. And of course, <laughs> the, the story, sorry, got any story hanging, going behind there. Um, the whole thing about when you make something entertaining and, uh, and, and enlightening, it becomes educational. Uh, you know, the education is so kind of subliminal because they're on this extraordinary journey. What, you know, what she see, what she touch, uh, what's the experience? Because, again, you're talking about fear. A lot of people don't travel to foreign languages because they're afraid. I don't know the language. I don't know the culture. You know, I'm going to get taken advantage of. And they don't realize actually how welcoming um, you know, foreign countries are, as you say, it's somebody different. They welcome them. They want to communicate. They want to share their country with you. They want to share their culture with you. And everybody becomes so much more enriched in that connection. It's it's a very beautiful thing and a very... I've traveled 24 countries now and lived in four. And I am so happy I did that traveling um, because it really is what defined who I was, kind of gave me that that cultural education deep down inside of me that allowed me to kind of open my mind and, and my soul and my heart to all the other possibilities in life, you know, broaden my whole spectrum. Well, the issue with, with languages, you have a situation in the United States and, and um, uh, Kristen uh, Palana, who is my illustrator for uh, Lori Lee Travels to Paris, this, uh, she, she does has a beautiful made, job, by the way, a beautiful job. The illustration yeah, is absolutely exquisite. She, she, took my, she took my words and she really brought them into Technicolor life, and the illustrations are simply gorgeous. Yes. Well, Kristen and I were talking about our experiences, our real-life experiences, and both of us experienced being put into public school systems where they would put us into tracks, and in those tracks, only one track, the, the track that they decided would uh, hold students that they decided, somebody over us, we would be able to, we would be allowed to go to college. And so therefore, we would be allowed to take Latin and 
than other languages such as French, Spanish, Russian, German, Italian, etc. So we were allowed, but most of the students in the school were not allowed to take a language. It also meant, in addition to being able to take the language classes or as a result of taking the language classes, we actually were allowed to miss more school because we could go on trips abroad in high school to the country that spoke the language we were studying. Now that meant that in for me in my high school, that meant I was one of three children of color who were allowed to learn a language. Can you can you that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That is so discriminatory. Yeah. Um, but that's exactly what happened. Because it is normal, it is on the average, it is normal for an Anglo child, middle class, upper middle class, Anglo child, it is normal to them. They do not even realize, because it's presented to them as this is a normal part of life, to take another language and to travel to another country. So again, here I am. I am really, I am unusual in that I have had this, these opportunities and, I, and then I've taken advantage of them, and I've lived in Europe. I have people in my family who even think that, oh, something's really kind of wrong there, that she's, you know, in, in, in Europe, and, and if she has any difficulties there, well, you know, that's her fault because she shouldn't be traveling outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just considered to be so, it's so rare but it's something that I want to become the norm. So this book, uh, Lori Lee Travels to Paris, is to make it the norm. This little girl, I mean, she's on the Eiffel Tower. She's at the Moulin Rouge. I mean, she's on the Champs-Élysées. She does some other, th- she does some things that, that you'll, her, oh boy, Lori Leake really gets into it. She takes Paris by storm. <laughs> you're, you're really kind of taking me back, you know, to my travels and uh, some wonderful you know, just I was a young adult. I was twenty, uh, traveling on my own, and uh, you know, I had I was very much a kind of up in the clouds type person. Just went with the flow. Nothing structured whatsoever, and um, yeah, and that was part of what was beautiful about the journey. But it also could be scary because sometimes you know I just was not aware. Um, but you know, sitting on the Champs Elysees, you know, drinking a, a coffee. Um, and meeting people. I mean, this is the beauty of it, is people spoke with one another. They were intrigued to know you. Every country that I went to, somebody would envelop me and, you know, introduce me to their culture, invite me to their homes, um, you know, share their, their city with me. And it was just extraordinary. It was wonderful. Um, my own kids have traveled. Um, in fact, all of my kids are actually going off with their father, who's Chinese, to China and Hong Kong in November uh, because they have... Oh, I'm hoping to get there too. I'm not hoping. It's it's in my book. I know that I'll be getting there. And I can tell you already that that's one of the cities, places she's definitely going to. Right. So, and you know, this is the thing: is is an experience to go that they're going to go and do with their father to his own culture, which I think is important. They've been back to the UK with me a lot. I lived in South Africa. I've had one daughter that's been there twice, another one going next year. Um, you know, this is the thing: is where we live, and and when we decide to go and live in other countries for a while, we take on that culture. It becomes a part of our, you know, our our very many levels. 
and we take the best out of everything and it redefines who we are and how we see life and it expands our horizons just on every aspect of who we are as a human being and for me I would have everybody come out of school and go and travel before they commit to a job or, in, or school or anything go and get a travel education before they do anything else Well, I, I, I definitely do think that travel enriches your life and it gives you the ability to encounter people in not only in other professions, but people of other cultures and to see that there are different ways of doing things. I have enjoyed seeing that in, in many different uh, countries. I've enjoyed especially seeing it uh, in Copenhagen. <clears throat> there, as you know, Denmark has been in the news a lot. And it's been in the news a lot recently, in fact, because of the Syrian refugee yeah. crisis. Um, and I have seen a lot of changes and um, discussions, and and been able to personally observe issues around xenophobia, issues around uh, assimilation versus integration. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been very, very educational for me. One of my degrees is in psychology and cultural encounters, and so it has. And it's been very interesting for me to uh, watch how things have been handled in the European Union, and I get to see this from within the European Union. Mm -hmm. But overseas, I'm no longer just getting my information from the news outlets in the United States of America, my home country. I'm getting them from the countries that they actually are in. So I'm getting a much different perspective, just as people outside of the USA don't actually get an accurate picture of Americans. Well, you know, let's face it, CNN is not really representative of what's going on. It's the soap opera, well, CNN, it's the drama. CBS, NBC, yeah. you know, all of them. I mean, if anything, I would probably recommend that people outside of the U.S., uh, dig a little more and listen to, for example, uh, the public broadcasting in the U.S. Listen to NPR every day and get a. And there are other smaller uh, news outlets that they can get a much more accurate picture or just a, a fuller picture uh, of American lifestyle, American opinion, those kinds of things. One thing about traveling outside of your own country is that you begin to even embrace your country more. You, um, you really become aware of your, your culture, what it is, how it is. Uh, it's not that you're not aware of how it's perceived. I really, I would say I've even gained an even bigger love for the United States of America since I have not been living in it full time. I would say that living in Denmark, I have really gained a strong love for basic principles in the United States of America. And I was a little shocked at first um, or taken aback when I would encounter Europeans here who would openly make terrible statements about the United States. And I could tell that they, well, they were just ignorant statements, yeah. ignorant in the sense of they have no accurate knowledge. So in the beginning, I basically said nothing. And then after probably the second year, 
I just began correcting people and, and telling them you of their ignorance in a nice way, saying, well, what you don't know is this and this and this, and here, go to this source and this and this, and then you'll have a fuller picture so that then when you speak, you can speak intelligently. Yes. Because it's important to speak intelligently when you speak about other cultures, which is why I'm careful when I, I can talk about Denmark because I've been in Denmark for basically 10 years, okay? So I've seen it from the inside. Not only seen it, I've lived it. Yeah. But you can't really talk about a country. I know nothing about Spain. I really know nothing about the UK. I know probably a different side than I did in the US, but I can't speak to what it's like, you know, what's really going on there because I'm not really there and I don't really know and I don't know all the ways to get information to have a fuller picture. And you know, this is something that we actually do see a lot in North America is is the you know the the judgment of other countries based on you know some form of drama that's come on the news or, or whatever you know. And it's you know let's let's face it, there's there's profit in keeping people fearful and hateful. Um, it's not what we need in the world. We need to open up and realize that everybody is seeking the same thing in life. Everybody wants you know that respect to feel. Um, purposeful in life to to be able to support their families uh, you know that love and to to be loved and to love and to be part of a community I mean it doesn't matter who you are uh, or what country that basis is there as human nature and I think I think we just need to as a global nation is um, stop judging and start um, asking um, you know inquire and also start respecting the differences in general i think everyone around the world needs to respect more but i feel that it is uh, quite necessary to point out the united states of america is an immigrant based country mm-hmm. and i see immigrants treated differently and sometimes yet better than i see them treated in denmark um because there's no request that you assimilate and not be yourself. But remember, it's an immigrant-based country, so it is more open and accepting of immigrants than is a small country of 5.5 million people who are not accustomed to um, themselves being invaded, shall we say. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, is to go out and invade and then come back to their homeland. Um, and so there's maybe even that kind of a... psychological collective psychological fear there I have thought to myself sometimes of there's this thought oh you know how we would go out and and uh, we would take visit and that you know from the Normans and the Saxons but we would you know go here we go all over England and what is now England and France and da 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 and and take you know what we would and then come back to our land and there's a thought oh you know they're going to come here and yes. want to you know, get rid of our back. language and take <laughs> us over. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, yes, I do believe that karma comes and bites you on the butt and it chomps a big piece of your butt out. But I don't think that that's what's happening in terms of um, immigration. Um, you know, that's a whole nother. Poli- I'm not a politician. Um, I'm I would say I'm just I'm a humanitarian and I am an observer of humanity. And I really want everyone to love one another. I want to see those black and white children playing happily together. And I really do want the 
the lovely, beautiful world. And, and yet at the same time, I mean, I've been a journalist. I've been a television and radio journalist and newspaper journalist. I have seen the ugly parts. I have seen death, destruction. I have seen terrible political power plays. I've seen the horrible things. I've seen things that I don't really tell most people that I've even seen. And I know about these things. Sort of like having, you know, bitten of that a tree of a was it tree of knowledge. Um, and at the same time, then I have made a choice with my life that yes, I have seen those things, but they are not going to be a part of me such that they control me. Right. I will make a good life for myself, and if I, as much as I can, for other people. So even again, going back to Laurie Lee travels to Paris. That book, this book is about people being able to see this little girl who's just full of life and adventure. And there are things to, to see and do. There are people to meet. She gets out there. She asks questions. She's not afraid to do something new, to do something unusual. Um, she's in a new country uh, and she just goes and does. And for example, there are little things in the book that are very, very subtle, but um, very, again, it's groundbreaking. And I want it to be normal. This is a this is an African-American family where the father, very clearly, he's working in corporate America. This is a family where they speak French. The parents speak French mm-hmm. and the little girl is learning so, I mean, this is, this is a family that also this reflects because there's this perception, especially outside of the U.S., that if it's, if it's an African-American family or just any family of color, well, they can't possibly have, a, you know, these attributes or do these things or go to these places. And this is a family that very much does. And because I want people to see, yeah, there is a lot of beauty in the world and Everyone has a an ability to take advantage of it. Everyone absolutely has an ability to go and see and do. And, and in this know, case, it's in Paris. Exactly. That's the that's the starting point. You know, and the other important thing about this, you know, as you said, you've got lots of books to come. You know, is is Laurie seeing life sometimes from its ugly side? Because I think what we'd forget is how much how intelligent children are, how instinctual they are. They have that beautiful filter of divine knowledge where they just simply know things and it has been contaminated yet about things about what they're meant to know rather as opposed to what they intricately know. They're so much um, smarter than we give them credit for. They're so much more solid and stronger than we give them credit for. And I think if if Laurie sees some of the... She doesn't see negative sides, but I will tell you that there's a... I bring up an issue in there that's a gender issue, actually, because she does something that after she does it, when she's going to bed that night, she thinks perhaps her parents are angry with her, really, you know, angry with her. And she's really kind of hoping, you know, that they aren't. And the response that her parents give, I will tell you this little thing towards the end, is that, no, they're not angry with her. They just think she has a lot of fire. And I wrote that into there because little girls get discouraged 
from being adventurous, from jumping in the mud puddle, from climbing the tree, from picking up the frog, from eating the dirt in the backyard under the swing, you know, um, and little boys don't, little, little boys get supported. And I want this little girl to be supported because in truth, I mean, especially with my father, he was very, you know, he didn't say I could, couldn't do anything. My favorite birth, my favorite birthday experience with him, we used to have birthday weeks, was that he actually took me to the park and we practiced playing um, softball. He would pitch and I would try to, to hit. And he would support me, cheering for me while I was running around the track, showing how fast I could run. And then we'd go for uh, these chili dogs at this place called Raleigh's. And this is in Fairfield, Connecticut. There's a place called Raleigh's. And there's this wonderful sloppy chili dog <laughs> that was probably at the time bigger than my face. <laughs> you know. And it's so just, yeah, a little girl can do and be anything that she wants to be. You know, no one told me ever that I couldn't do anything. I was six years old and I told my parents I was reading all the time. I was I was reading encyclopedias under the covers with a flashlight until my brother or my mother or father would come in and take it from me. So at six years old, I actually said I was going to be a preacher and a writer and a psychologist, which that's what I call the psychologist. <laughs> and I grew up to be a journalist. And then I went back to school and I formally became an ordained minister. And then I created my own consulting business involving coaching and counseling of people. So you know, you, I've you, done. You, you, yeah, you followed your dream and you, you know, and that's what I'm saying about kids, that intuitive knowledge. At the age of six, you knew you wanted to be that. And you were lucky enough to have parents who supported that, who believed in you, who encouraged that. But, you know, uh, there are so many families out there that favor the boy over the girl. Or the, you know, girls just get, you know, just to get married. I mean, you know, I'm 61. um, And so for me, it was just, you know, get married young and have your kids and don't expect much because I was also, um, I had a learning disability, which of course back then, you know, you were just dumb. (laughs) There was no scale or anything. They thought you were dumb dumb or that you were, you were mentally retarded beyond help. Exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, there was no kind of, um, you know, but I was a natural born counselor have always been um i would be counseling my teachers when i was at school because i had an innate spiritual understanding of of the pain they were going through and what to do with it but there was no encouragement that rather that was kind of suppressed oh no don't tell people that you know like you're too young you're a girl i didn't get any of that the fact that you did and the fact that you're going to be writing about this in your books where the family encourages where the family celebrates her growth celebrates her knowledge celebrates her excitement is actually giving permission to the parents to look at their little girls in a different way and to realize there's so much more and there are no boundaries except for the ones that you put in their way Yes, and even then, as but also I do, I firmly believe that you get to a certain point in life also, and it's you who decides. Yes. So I'm I'm also a big proponent of, and my cutoff date is thirty. 
for whatever anyone wants to say about that. My cutoff date is 30. Okay, so, and, and this sounds very callous. I mean, you may have had the most horrible of circumstances, and I'm talking sexual abuse or, you know, some horrible, terrible things. But then here's your chance now. You are an adult, I believe, by 30. Here's yeah. your chance to say, okay, all of that may have happened to me. All of that garbage may have passed through my life. All of that absolute poop may have passed through my life. But here is who I want to be, so here is where I'm going. And if you don't choose at that point to take your life forward, you are the only one keeping yourself stuck in place. Yeah. So it may have, maybe you didn't have everything growing up, but guess what? You can get from point A where you are to point B where you want to go. Even if you have to take side roads, you can get there. Exactly. And, and you're never too old. You know, I agree with that kind of at some point you've got to stop being the drama queen or the little girl and grow up and own. I'm full of. Blame, you can't keep blaming other, you can't keep yeah. blaming other people. No, no. I mean, it's not that other people. But you have to, as I, I, I said to someone else, and um, I posted on one of my social media accounts the other day, my computer is just making me crazy. And a little thing, I, I had to reinstall something, and then suddenly it decided that like Windows wasn't genuine or something after all these years. So a little thing pops up saying, you may be a victim of something yes. or other. And I haven't even read the rest of it and don't want to know what it says because I saw the victim. And after a while, I was like, mm. and you know what I did? Now I just hit that thing and click it off. I'm like, I'm nobody's victim. Exactly. I am no one's victim. People, ha There are people who have done horrible, terrible, criminal things to me, but I'm still no one's victim. And because I'm no one's victim, I have achieved so much in my life. People's minds are blown when when I when I sit down and actually put down my entire CV, every place I've been, everything I've done, everything I know, how well I'm educated, every place I've gone, people that I know, all experiences that I've had, they're blown away and it's because I've never chosen to be a victim. Knock me down, I'm back up. Yep, just find that's a different it. way to get back up. That's the yep. whole point. That's that's the yeah, I mean, Life and that's a what roller coaster, I want. right? So you know, sometimes you. Is a sassy girl, and that's exactly she is. Little sassy, spunky girl, because that's exactly who and what I was, exactly. and that's exactly was my heart. I won't say I was quite as spunky as her because I didn't really know I had that much spunk in me. But still, I mean, I was writing then, and I'm writing now. I mean, this is my first children's book, mm. but it's not my first book. Right. Right. And you know what? You know, by sharing this story, by sharing your strength, you know, by sharing that, yes, you can, that there is no limit, there is no, you know, uh, border, there is no box, there is no shelf to compartmentalize you, there is just infinity and beyond, you know, by showing that a little girl can do that, you're allowing her to be what I call a diva. And, we're, and children are born divas, and you most certainly have lived your life as a diva. And a diva stands for somebody who has a dream, who is inspired by that dream, sees the vision of that dream, and aspires to make it happen. And you are absolutely a case in point of that. From the age of six, you fulfilled those dreams because you had the inspiration, the vision, and the aspiration to do so. And if we feed the diva in a child, feed those dreams, allow them those inspirations that, that are all around them, let them see the vision and help them to aspire to make it happen, we would actually be a much healthier society. 
Yes, I think that we def- definitely would. But let me tell you, I wouldn't say I, I that I was <clears throat> I was a diva. I was a bookworm. I was a little chubby bookworm. <laughs> but you followed your dream. I was very you smart. made it happen. I was very smart and and very observant about the world, which of course makes you a very good journalist. Because and still today, nothing escapes my notice. I may not say anything about it. But nothing escapes my notice about a person's personality or a situation that goes on or something or other. I'm, I always notice what's going on, um, in the room. And, but my goal too is, you know, like I said in the beginning of the conversation, I'm an introvert, but I can be extroverted when I need to be. Mm-hmm. And because my goal as an introvert, I'm here to serve. I know that I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve people to help them to realize their best in themselves and to live it out. I'm here to empower people. And that's everything I do is about empowering people. The lifespan work I do with people as a lifestyle expert is working with people, helping them to become their best. And my clients are not just in the U.S. My clients are... They're in Singapore, uh, they're in Australia, they're in the U.S., they're in France, Germany, Norway, Spain, uh, places in Africa. My clients are around the world, and just by telephone and by use of Skype, we're able to connect, and I'm able to actually empower them. I mean, four weeks makes magic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one session makes magic with them. And four weeks, I mean, just we're talking transforming lives. And I'm really, I'm, in, I'm enjoying doing it. More than enjoying, I'm, I'm happy, I'm thrilled. It, it makes me, I get excited. I get absolutely excited. I'm excited about the book. I'm excited about the people that I work with. I was so excited to do this collaboration with Kristen Polana. She is an incredible artist. Yes. I mean, people don't even realize this woman won an award at Cannes, Cannes, C-A-N-N-E-S, Cannes, in 2014 for Best Animated Short Film. This woman's talent is incredible. Well, if you look at the pictures on the posting, you know, you look like it's a photograph that's being colored. You know, it's so clear. It's just, she's just, I mean, she has, she has really captured me. Yeah. I can tell you that they look like me, my mom, my dad. Mm-hmm. These are not just these. These are our faces. Yeah. This is this. I'm looking at these, and these are the faces of my family. You know, this I think I, I, you. You know, you grew up to be who you said you would be, and I think if we paid more attention to our children, to those dreams, to their abilities to their passions right when they're young, their gifts that they're given, and we nurture those. H- how are they going to use those gifts? You know, in what oh, you know, go, the, is, is what their life's journey. Is, well, it's their life's journey. You know, that's how it evolves. But there are so many people that their gifts get suppressed. Um, you know, the, there's another children's author out there that uh, went into marketing because it was told a good job, a big corporate job, and she'd been a children's writer right from the word go. Used to write little books and give them to her parents. She's now international and all over the world because she finally honoured 
what she was here for, what her gift is for. If we paid attention to what our children's gifts are, if we started seeing life through their eyes, if we started paying attention to those wonderful little abilities they had, we would help them to grow up on their journey to fulfill those dreams so much sooner in life without having to redirect But, but you also them. realize that parents can only do that when they've also been able yes. to do that themselves. Yes. So you're also, also, it means that we have to get it has to really work from the top down because we really need the the baby boomers, um, the younger baby boomers and the generation X's who are the parents of these children. We've got to get them. And the, there's a very and then there's just the first few years of the of the millennials. We've really got to get them all to actually live be living that out themselves they have to be strong within themselves they have to be open to the dreams and again it isn't a thing of okay well yeah i've got to have it all now i'm not talking about that but they have to have actual self-confidence not self-entitlement yes but self-confidence and being willing to be open to others using their gifts and also to have the knowledge and the ability and the willingness to nurture it in other people. And that is a lot of it is we need more mentors. We need people to nurture and we need to be nurturing other people. So we really need that the parents can't nurture. They can't support their kids in doing that. If they're not feeling that themselves, if they don't feel that they can achieve a dream, well then how can they help anyone else to achieve a dream? If they just feel, you know, I'm nothing and I'm going nowhere. You know, they really have to have that within themselves too. I mean, I think it's wonderful that we have some of the people who are considered to be the terrible 1%. Well, some of those terrible 1% are people like Bono of U2, mm-hmm. uh, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Richard Branson, uh, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. Uh, you know, I don't think they're terrible people. Well, Warren Buffett gets 50% of everything he runs away. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, they're, you know, so they've made this money because that was their focus. They attracted to them what they have because they kept going for it and kept going for it and kept going for it and kept, even when knocked to the side, they kept going for it. Even when thought to be weirdos or nerds or bizarre or strange or taking too many risks. They went ahead and they did it. They just went ahead and they did it and they went for it. And now those people are there to provide wisdom, to provide mentoring. You know, it's, I am so looking forward to the point. And and I think that's what even now, I mean, I can see it. I see how people are empowered by the work that I do with them. Mm -hmm. And I feel honored and privileged. Yes, they have to pay me because they have to pay me. Exactly. Everybody <laughs> but, has a right to earn a living. I, yes, but I, I'm really honored that I'm able to journey with people and mentor people and have someone come back to me in three years and say, wow, you told me that this thing, if I kept doing this, this wonderful thing was going to, and it did. I didn't think it would, but I kept at it and it did, you know, and it, it just thrills me. It makes me just jump up and down and dance. You should see the dances I do enjoy <laughs> in private. I mean, and I'm really looking forward to the day I'm this like 65, 75-year-old uh, crone, elder, sage, wise woman. And I have a crowd of, of 
people who come to me and, and need just some little word from me, if I have some kind of something that I could give them that helps them to realize their full potential, then let me be able to do that. That's my prayer. If these books are going to uplift girls and change their minds and change parents' minds and have them say, I'm going to make sure that my child, especially if it's a, a parent, African-American or or Hispanic or Chinese-American, whatever, says, I want my child to learn languages and see the world and be able to take an international job and study abroad and, and meet people of other cultures and make important decisions that affect peoples of the world, then I've done my part if I can empower that to happen. Right. And that's all we can do is just inspire, um, share the inspiration, um, share the you know the wonderful beautiful divine knowledge share the the why and you know that will help somebody discover their how to take their own journey in life and that's all we can do we can't walk it for people but all we can do is inspire them and just let them know that the path ahead is absolutely sometimes we, we can't walk it for them but we can walk with them because sometimes people do need help yeah. and and i am a person who you know i people say oh i i can't help or, i don't know how to help I people will tell you what they need yes and you know what when someone says to you i need blah 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 I have experienced and I have seen that when someone is that specific with you and says, here is my need, it's because you can fulfill it. They know. And your yeah. choice to not fulfill it, you need to be very careful if you decide not to take that opportunity because it's an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And they've come to you for a reason. So, you know, it's it's an honor help people you never know how you can help them until you start the dialogue so talking about a dialogue you have got a an indigo crowdfunding campaign uh to raise money for um laurie leaks travel to paris would you like to tell people about that and how they can support that yes um kristen Pilan and i have an indiegogo uh indigo uh campaign laurie leak travels to paris it's called a girl travels the world and we are trying to raise the money for us to be able to rent a booth at the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books in April 2016. So we need to actually pay for this booth uh, pretty soon. We need to pay for the booth. So we're trying to raise uh, $2,500 at least to be able to rent a booth and have marketing materials and um and be able to give out, you know, perhaps some copies or have giveaway. And we'll have some, you know, things there um, in the booth. It's a wonderful international book fair. One of the, just like the Frankfurt Book Fair, and they have one here in Copenhagen uh, at the, called the Bow Forum Book Forum in every November. It is an international book fair that has incredible uh, conversations, dialogues, uh, uh, you can find books from children's books to mysteries, every genre you can think of. And anyone who's written, a, just about anyone who's written a book, they may show up there. And you get to ask them questions. You get to talk with them or you get to listen to a panel conversation. It is two days that I wish would be four days. I cannot tell you how incredible this is. I've been going there since uh, 2004, I think was the first time that I went and... 
It is just a wonderful thing. And we would like to showcase Lori Leak there. So we're hoping that people will contribute. You could contribute a dollar. Uh, you could contribute five dollars, and Kristen and I will be sending you a video. You'll see a videotape of us blowing double-cheeked French kisses um, <laughs> to people for for a five-dollar contribution. And then we have different levels, like the champagne level and the creme brulee level and the Eiffel Tower level. And then if someone, if there's a company that wants to do corporate sponsorship, and hey, we've even put it out there that there's one of the illustrations is of them landing in Paris, and there's an airplane. And have put it out there for Sir Richard Branson that we will certainly put the Virgin logo on that airplane if he would like to be our corporate sponsor and help girls go global. Well, we'll have to send it to him too, won't we? We'll have to send the show to him and ask him. And uh, yes. yeah, that's what we can do yes. is, you know, reach out so, to him and, and uh, say, the I invitation is there. Has- that they told him about the Indiegogo campaign that they forwarded um, an article that I wrote about it to him. And I really, I'm looking to make some contact with him. So, yeah, I actually, I've directed some tweets his way. And I really think, yes, we need to get this show to him, too. We really need him to hear. We, we need, after the, the campaign ends, we, there's something you can do with an Indiegogo campaign called In Demand, meaning that the campaign doesn't close off at the closing date. People still can't contribute. So although this show is airing October 13th through 19th and the campaign you know, will end, you can still donate to the campaign and every little bit helps to get us there. Um, so that we can, we so that Kristen and I can rent that booth. Um, and not only do we want to rent a booth, as I've explained, there's a lovely video there. I talk a little bit about the book, and that the money goes towards not only the rental of the booth, but we would really like to then take money and we would like to buy books so that we can place um, copies of the book in every state in the U.S. in the public library system. Right. So that if somebody doesn't have the money for the book, they can go to the library and order it through interlibrary loan. But the book will exist in their state. Wonderful. So that's our hope also, is to be able to put uh, free copies into the public library systems in all 50 states. And let's face it, you mean, you know, one of your target markets is those kids that um, don't believe there is a dream out there for them and to read a book like this uh, uh, and all the books that are to come you can take them outside of their world and show them that there is a world that they can strive for and by going through the libraries in doing this where they don't have to pay for the book because it's sometimes between uh, that and the library, the library is always your friend that, exactly. you know whenever I moved somewhere even as a little girl I learned when we moved somewhere, the first place that I would go, the first place I would have my mother take me to would be the public library. I had to get a library card. That's the most important thing a child can have is a public library card. It opens a the child completely. Always have a card. Exactly. So to uh, uh, buy the book and to find you and, uh, and uh, make any comments towards you, where, uh, what are your URLs? Okay, well, um, you can find right now, 
you can you can find a free preview of the book if you would like to download a free PDF preview. You just go to lulu.com. That's l u l u dot com. You go there and you can put in Lori L O R I Leak L E A K travels to Paris. Or you can put in my name, Barrett Clements and Powell, and the book will come up. I would say put in the title "Lori Leak Travels to Paris," and you'll you will find it there. Excellent. And okay. you have uh, LoriLeak.wordpress.com. Yep, that's. And then we well. have a website. The website is Lori Leak as one word. Lori Leak. WordPress. Com, as you said. And there's wonderful things there about France and Parisian culture and little news and notes about Lori Leake. So you can also purchase, you can um, purchase the book there. You can also, that gives you a link to being able to download the free preview. And the book is going to be released October 10th and it should be hitting Amazon and, and uh, Barnes and Noble. I believe it's going to get out to iTunes. We're going to try to get a Kindle version up so that you can down, download the Kindle version of the book. Excellent. And so, you know, so it um, will be, will be in, in all forms, uh, you know, available. Of, of exactly. You can even do an audio book. And, you know, that quite honestly, there's nothing better than kind of having a tactile book in front of you that the child can sit on your lap and either read to you or you can read to them. And, and um, you know, Christmas isn't far away, folks. Uh, this would make a beautiful gift. Um, oh, it would to, make a, I think it would make an absolutely wonderful Christmas gift to be able to have this book. But of course, some people may even want to, you know, read it before then. So, exactly. but definitely, so birthdays, Christmas events. Christmas. I mean, you know, it's just as a gift to a to a young girl. Help her dream. Help her see there's something outside of her own community. That there's another world out there. Uh, give her her wings, um, or even and him wings, so that they can actually believe that they, you know, one day they too can get on a plane and go and explore Paris. Um, this is how we actually build our world: is by building the dreams of possibility. And then somewhere along the line, they'll find that way of finding the opportunity. But first, without the possibilities, they're never going to see the opportunity. So thank you so much for um, doing the show with us today from the loo in Denmark. Um, never, I can never say I've yeah, never done an interview in Denmark, on those circumstances. Yes, I'm determined. Before. Laura Lake is determined. Exactly. We exactly. meet our goals. Exactly. And so this is a first, and uh, thank you for doing it. Um, as I said, the, the illustrations are absolutely beautiful. It's a, you know, a lovely story, um, a lovely thing to do for young people, uh, giving them those dreams to strive for. And, of course, if people want to uh, book you for your services as well, it's on the posting. Everything is on the posting, folks. Um, and, if, they uh, want to find my, if they want to find, I should give them one more URL, and that is if they want to find my website uh, for life spot, lifestyle uh, work or work life blend work. It's my name, just the middle initial. It's Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T, C. Powell, BarrettCPowell.com. Okay, and so it's all there, so people can just tick on it and uh, and uh, catch your services or um, take a preview of the book, order the book. Again, make wonderful gifts. 
and a great gift yes. that you're giving. It's not just a book. It's an adventure that you're giving, and that's what's wonderful. And, you know, maybe you actually want to contribute uh, and let you know that you actually want to gift your local library. And that would make a wonderful gift for you to do as a community that you want to gift uh, oh, yes. your local library. So um, get hold of Barrett on that as well and say, in America, this is my community. I want to gift the libraries here. And that would be wonderful, uh, allowing other people the opportunity as well. So thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I really do appreciate your journey. I think it's wonderful. I can't wait to all the other books that have come out. And, uh, you know, keep on writing, keep on celebrating and keep on sharing the beautiful empowerment of storytelling. Thank you. Until next time, folks, it's all up to you. You've got to make the first move. Interact, participate, take ownership and dream because that's what the future needs. <laughs>